Hey folks, Chop here. Paul and I just wanted to let you know that we're starting to look into getting some merch made for the show. But we want to know what you guys are interested in seeing us have made. So, in the show notes, and on our website, you'll find a link to a quick survey. Shouldn't take more than maybe five minutes tops to complete. And it's our way of finding out from you guys the types of merch that you would like to see and what you feel is a fair price to pay for different things. There's also a spot at the end for you to suggest ideas for t-shirts and other things that you'd like to see us make. And we'd truly appreciate if you'd be willing to take a couple minutes and fill this thing out. It just gives us an idea of stuff that people might actually be interested in instead of just making stuff that we think would be funny. Thanks for being such an awesome listener and great fans. And without further ado, here's some smooth jazz to play you in. Greetings, and welcome to episode 36 of the Loaded Cart Podcast. Join Paul. Daniel and their occasional guests as they talk about the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we take a look at how studios fund continuing development for their games through DLC and microtransactions. Share this with three friends to unlock more levels. Ages. Welcome once again to the Loaded Card Podcast. Wait, what? We're actually doing a regular episode? So the rest of the episode is going to be $3.99. You can make that out to check to PayPal, or you can just give it to Patreon. That's right, we're doing microtransactions and all kinds of DLC. I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? Uh, Technical difficulties on multiple yeah. levels. Yeah. <laughs> so... So we're going to pull the curtain back a little bit, and uh, Hangouts has been fucking up everywhere for us. Right now, it's doing really well, thank fucking God. But Uvu, as well, fucked up. It sounded fucking awful when I was trying to record earlier. Uvu, like, so basically, we've been having a problem with Hangouts, and, like, Paul, for some reason, just has weird issues on Hangouts, and his microphone will start crackling and making weird noises, like, when he's talking. And... We have no freaking clue, but it only does it in Hangouts, and it only does it in Chrome. Yes. And unfortunately, the worst part is that I can't use IE, I can't use Edge, I can't use fucking Firefox, because Firefox doesn't fucking work with Hangouts. Yeah, they stopped supporting Hangouts, which is really bizarre. Bonkers. Fucking bonkers is what that is. At some point, we'll have to figure out how to get Edge to work for you, because I don't know what the hell's going on with that. But yeah, so... Google Hangouts hates Paul. And then, so we tried to find some alternatives. And the first alternative we tried was uh, Skype. We, we Skype last for the last episode. And so it we sounded just, weird. That's why. Yeah. We, we recorded, we, we did the call on Skype, and I recorded the Skype call with OBS, Open Broadcast Software, and <laughs> the same stuff you use to stream to Twitch. That's um, true. And so we, we, I used that to just locally record you know, my desktop basically, and you rip the sound from that like we mm-hmm. normally would have with Google Hangouts. Uh, this week we wanted to try Uvu, Uvu, which is a, a like a Skype alternative, Google Hangouts alternative, but it has recording. 
terrible. Yeah, it has recording built into it, which is what's really important. Like the other ones don't. Like you could just hit a button and uvu or record it all. And yeah, the sound quality was potato. Yeah, it, it'll record it all, but you'll sound like you're in a bathosphere. Yeah, it was it it was just it was very very low quality. Yeah, extremely. audio. And so we we ditched that. Then we tried to go to Skype tonight, and Paul's volume kept fluctuating. Like he would be talking, and as he was talking, it would like dip and get quiet, and co- sometimes just completely cut out for like four or five words at a time. Like we have no clue what what's up. And so it. now somehow Paul rebooted and hangouts is cooperating so yay i'm just gonna go with it and hope for the fucking best and if this sounds awful or if i have a freak out and this is the last episode of the podcast you'll fucking know why (laughs) and so for further technical difficulties we've been having our our show completely disappeared from itunes and so it was like i was trying to i went to go check to see what our ratings were if anyone had you know reviewed the podcast or given us any more ratings and I look up the podcast and it says, this is not available in North America. And I'm like, that's weird. So <laughs> I searched on another device. This this content is not available in North America. Like, hmm, this is a little bizarre. So I did some digging and found out that our podcast had been deleted. And like, what? That doesn't make any sense. And so I basically sent in a trouble ticket and was like, what? What the shit? Yeah, what happened? And the response I got back was basically that we had been flagged as inappropriate. Well, no. So I originally, you know, thought that maybe it's because a couple of our episodes weren't labeled explicit when we have a lot of profanity in some of our episodes. So I went and flagged all of our episodes as explicit and sent in an email like, you know, WTF, what's going on? And the response I got back was that we had explicit text in one of our episode descriptions. So I was like, huh, that's a little weird. So I went and started going through the show notes of all of our episodes and was like, I wonder where I put explicit text. Cause you know, I would totally not be surprised if I said something like, you know, what the fuck dudes, you know, what, what the fuck blizzard or, you know, something like that in a, in a, in the show notes, but I've been trying to keep the show notes pretty clean uh, just in general. And so I found it in part of our E3 2016 coverage for Ubisoft where we were talking about just the absolute ridiculousness that was the beginning of Ubisoft's coverage, but they were doing let's dance or just dance 2016. And uh, both of our responses to just dance 2016 was what, what the, the fuck, fuck am I, I watching? Watch? <laughs> and so that's what the show notes said. That was literally the only explicit word in the 40 something 45 episodes i think I, I that we've done that. well we've done if you count some of the specials that we did early on that have just now become episodes um there's like about 40 something but yeah so one word fuck yeah because we did have another word but that was with the most recent episode prior to that one yeah so well, yeah so the battle block theater one i i had one that said basically that you know digital game sales are kicking the shit out of retail and so i i fixed that one too i i turned them into flanderisms from dead flanders so fuck became fuddly duddly 
yeah. and shit became shittily diddly. So you can tell that Dan does all of those because I'm not a huge fan of The Simpsons. Just yeah, but it needed to happen. Like that, I had I had to make fun of the whole censorship thing, and that was the best way, just, best silly. way I could. Because that's what Ned Flanders is. He's like making fun of censorship. Mm-hmm. So okay, what are you even playing? Okay, so I threw a curveball, didn't I? Yeah, uh, I was gonna extol some more, but we can get to no, that at ahead, the end. Please, uh, I was just gonna say that. The good part about this is by the time this episode goes live, we should be back on iTunes. We were supposed to be back on there today, but I don't know what happened. Like they said, 20, give it 24 hours and it's been more than 24 hours and we're not there. So uh, I need to, I, I sent them another email like, hey, what WTF, where are we? So yeah, but the good thing is, is I, it also allowed me to, or got me off my ass so that I would submit to some other places that we've been meaning to get our podcast into. So you can now find us on Google Play, and then there's this other radio service. Like, there's a service called TuneIn, and it's used for a lot of radio stations, kind of like iHeartRadio. And uh, yeah, we're, our podcast is on TuneIn now. Uh, and then it's on stuff like Overcast and stuff like that, or at least it will be once it's back in the iTunes store, because iTunes, they, they just automatically steal all of the iTunes store content, which is kind of funny. I actually use TuneIn myself for listening to uh, sports radio back in Buffalo. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, now you can listen to our podcast. Yes, go for it. Also, um, in case you're wondering what we mean by tomorrow, uh, today is May the 4th. Uh, this episode probably will go, not go up until the 15th, I believe. Yeah. So, it's... yeah, we're doing it pretty early because there's some stuff that, that's going on we need to take care of. But, uh, yeah, so. Well, this uh, is when we should normally be recording episodes. You no, know, okay. That's <laughs> instead, of our, instead of our last minute shit. That okay, that's, that's, we're, we're okay with last minute shit because it doesn't take that long to edit anymore. But yeah, may the fourth be with you. So anyway, hey, everybody else has been saying it all fucking day. I've got to at least say it once. Just once. Oh, yeah? Well, may the 15th be with you. <laughs> what the fuck you been playing today? <laughs> today, I've not played anything. But Okay, in general. This past week, I've been playing some, uh, some more player unknown Battlegrounds and... Elite Dangerous and Elite Dangerous has gotten really interesting because I finally got to a high enough rank in the Federation that I have a permit to go to the Soul System. And so our if, Solar System. Yes. Yes, indeed. So, yeah. So I'm debating on what I'm going to do and when I'm going to do it because there's attack some really. Earth. No, I'm not going to attack Earth. Not you, in fact, you can't land on the planet because it's that got an atmosphere. Silly. But I am probably going to go land on the moon unless you can't. That's fair. All right. I think uh, be, but also, apparently something that's hidden in the game and it takes a little while to find and it might take about 20 minutes to track down if I try to do it. You can actually find Voyager 2, like the Voyager probe, because oh, it is it is a distance from our sun that it would be in 3303. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, you got to do some math. Yeah. Sounds like. Well, it's just, it's it's a way, it's a several, like a good chunk of light seconds away, but you can actually track it down and and there are screenshots cool. of it that people have found it, which is really fucking cool. So I might try and do that just for shits and giggles. But if you're interested in actually watching Dan play, go to twitch.tv slash chop the Viking, subscribe. It'll actually give you an email saying when he's going online. It's usually nightly around 10 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, 10 p.m. Eastern to about midnight. And I, I I'm only guaranteeing three days right now like i'm trying to be really really good about doing mon sunday monday and wednesday uh but if i have nothing else to do i will also stream other days too 
like so sometimes during the weekend. Is, yeah, the subscription button is really important just so you yeah. know exactly when that's going live. That and you can also follow me on Twitter because I have a tendency to uh, at Chop the Viking do. Uh, hey, I'm I'm about to go do some blow some people up or something. And if you're following us um, at the loaded card account, the loaded card account will retweet it too, since Dan usually that as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's like hitting three buttons to send it out on both accounts. It's kind of fun. Much. Well, what have you been playing, Paul? Uh, really, I've just been playing. Well, right now there's going on a really cool event, crossover event between Heroes of the Storm and Overwatch, where uh-huh. if you're playing this week on here's the storm you can unlock a new skin for diva which is her in overwatch which is her police woman diva really cool skin some of the emotes that she does are actually tied in with the new skin so if she's doing her little dance party emote the lights on top of of the uh the mech flash it's really cool uh other than that i've been also been playing obviously overwatch uh so i've been playing both of those and i finally beat dragon quest 8 so i can't play that anymore I guess, because it's no longer fun. I put 60-plus hours in that game, man. I'm okay. tired of it. I was about uh, to say, it's no longer fun because you beat it? It's just no longer fun because I put 60-plus hours in that game, and I'm not 16 anymore, and that's no longer fun for me. But I did start playing, because I've been watching a my favorite, pretty much my favorite uh, Twitch and YouTube star that is not us. Uh, Pro Jared has been playing Final Fantasy three on his Pro Jared Plays channel. And on youtube and i've been watching those and i was like i just want to play this alongside so because i he's been playing on a uh the actual japanese translated fan translated copy of it and i've been playing along on the ds just to see the differences between the two pretty neat fun yeah that's about it really all right news yeah we we actually have some news so there's lots might... of it actually yeah there's so there's 45 minutes kinda... from now we might actually get some some podcasting <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> story of your life paul um, uh, so the cool one of the just cool little bit of news uh player unknowns battlegrounds which we have talked about on the show a little bit uh mm-hmm. has sold two million units on steam in under two months like so it's gone it's gone from zero to two million players yeah in early in early access in less than two months which is really cool and they're also doing a big invitation only tournament right now uh, for a bunch of the biggest players out there. And then and, uh, is that the one that's for charity or is it like, yeah, actually? So while I was looking around for some news as well to share, um, I saw Player Unknown Battlegrounds here that Dan posted. And I also saw the invitation what they're doing, which is for Gamers Outreach. And they've actually already raised $121,000 plus for Gamers Outreach, which is a charity that provides equipment, technology, and software to help kids cope with treatment in hospitals, like uh, uh, kids that got cancer, stuff like that. The kids that are just in the hospitals trying to just survive, these guys have been taking time out of their day and out of their lives to make sure that it's as enjoyable. I hesitate to say enjoyable, but as as less is least crappy as it can possibly be yeah because it is just a crappy time so so to show you how well this game has done just doing a quick little bit of math i know steam takes their cut which might be 10 i don't i don't know what the percentage steam takes is i know what the percentage is for amazon for like ebooks and stuff Mm -hmm. but at 29.99 a game two million games means that they're pushing 60 million in profits that's crazy so for a game that's still in early access yeah plus that's 
and you can anticipate probably Steam takes about thirty percent because that's that's about what Apple does, I think, uh, yeah. for their their app stores. So I'm gonna guess Steam probably does about the same. But I can tell you from experience, Amazon does not. They take a whole lot more. <laughs> but we won't get into that. So if you want, we'll actually include in the show notes the uh, Gamers Outreach uh, page for it because you can mm-hmm. still donate to them if you really want to help out the uh, charity in question, the, specifically yeah. the Gamers Outreach. It's a good charity. I highly recommend it. But it's on you if you want to donate or not. They're still looking for donations. Yep. And it's always good to help people out if you got a few extra bucks laying around and can it's donate true. to a charity like that because it's probably tax deductible if you're into that kind of thing um <laughs> any donation to charity is tax deductible well uh, not any that. donation to charity but it has really? to be yeah it, it has, has to be accredited the, charity the charity has to meet certain criteria yeah gotcha uh i will say that uh, every year i know i do i i help out a friend's channel with uh doing extra life uh to help out the uh philadelphia children's hospitals nice all right you got a couple more uh news articles on here yeah so an interesting thing with steam it has a little policy for gifting right like you can give mm-hmm. games to friends like if yeah. if you buy a box set that has some extra crap in it you can give the games away have you ever tried to give someone a game i have actually i've given games to both tyler and dave over the years and has anyone ever given you a game yeah how do you feel the system currently works oh it's clunky as fuck yeah <laughs> it really that's, is that's that's basically what i've heard so Steam just posted on their blog that they they're going to revamp the gifting process with Steam, like just completely overhaul the entire gifting system. So they have some things that they're working on, like and th- these are kind of their three big bullet points that they're going to make it so you can schedule gifts, so you can buy someone a game months in advance and have it delivered on time every time that's their exact words i'm on i'm on board so far which is kind of cool like you know and so then the other thing is that they declined gifts should resolve the way that they should which they were supposed in the first place what the way they were supposed to in the first place yeah apparently so apparently the way that it currently works is when someone declines a gift it returns to the giver's inventory and just sits on their account and like they don't get any notification that it came back to them and they then have to go request a refund Hmm. and the way that it is going to work if it this a lot of this sounds like it's already in place Uh, i'll have to double check that so the way that it is going to work in the future is that if if like say i give you a game paul but you already own it or you decide you just don't want it. Like if I try and give you a Hoonie Pop and you click decline, it will automatically refund the purchase and give the money back to me. It's so a very interesting whole, example. The whole dollar I'm going to give you for Hoonie Pop. Um, I will say that I don't think it's uh, going to work with already has a title because the way the system is, it'll actually, when you're scrolling down the list of people you can give the gift to, it'll say this person already has the gift and it will not let you give them, give it to them. So yeah. probably what it's going to do is if they click decline, it'll just be like, hey, you can just have the money back. So these changes are already in place as of today. 
as of as of the fourth. So by the time this goes out, this will have been in place for about a week. But it, that's their exact wording is now: if a recipient has ar- already has the title or just doesn't want it, they can click decline, and the purchase is refunded directly to the gift giver. Hmm. That's awesome. And then the third one is that they will safe cross country gifting. So if like if I'm giving a gift to a player to someone who lives in England, okay, then it will. It won't doesn't use email or crazy inventory systems or whatever anymore. It'll just go to the person's account. And when this is their again, their wording, when there is a large difference in pricing between countries, gifting won't be available and you'll know before purchase. Interesting. I wonder what it did before. I don't know. Because I've never tried the other person to purchase the rest of the gift. That seems really shitty. That might or it just may not send it to them and not tell yeah. you. That would be that would be crappy too. Now, granted, these are not things that I've researched. I can't say that these are accurate. I was just theorizing. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know how the current system works. Like, I don't know what it currently does. Right. Uh, all I know is like this is what Steam says it should do from now until the end of time, which sounds really good because yeah. one thing one thing Steam has needed to work on for a while is some of its customer service stuff. And uh, absolutely speaking. Of some of its customer service stuff. Uh-oh. Have you have you heard this latest shit from Arcane Studios about Prey? I did. I did. Please, though, elaborate for the rest of our audience. Okay. So, prior to the release of Prey, Arcane Studios uh, decided that they were going to release the dem- a demo for it for console gamers. And when asked, hey, where's the PC demo? They responded in this interview basically saying that it was about company resources and that they had the resources to do one launch one demo and it was either for consoles or for PC. They couldn't do both, so they chose consoles. Okay. That sounds fine and dandy. Cool. Um, So. A lot of companies don't do it because they don't want people data mining the demo because that's basically what happens. They find all these other, you know, I can't think of the word right now. Assets. That's that word. So they find all these other assets and, you know, crazy stuff in the game, secret stuff from the game. Because basically the what people, a lot of people do for a demo is they just like put an arbitrary timer in it or, you know, an arbitrary wall that you can't get past. Yeah. They don't actually like crop the game out and not include all of the extra stuff which is probably their stupid fault but i don't know they don't want to fork the the development tree and create a demo that is not the full game i don't know i i i I get it but i don't get it but so instead of instead of just saying like hey we don't want people data mining it or whatever the the spokesman from arcane basically said that the PC version kind of has a built-in demo because Steam lets you return a game within the first two hours of purchasing it. And that's effectively a demo. And I think that is really fucking stupid and condescending to players. Absolutely. Do you remember Shareware? Yeah. That was essentially a demo type of thing. Yes. Like that's... I kind of missed that. Yeah. Apropos of nothing. Please continue. Yeah. But so the reason why I think this is really condescending is because... For a demo, you're trying a game out for free. Yes. For what he's talking about with Steam, I'm paying you $60 to demo your game. Which is bullshit. 
you want me to demo it for 60 fucking dollars so they can refund my money five to seven business days later yeah that's what you're telling me basically rather i'm I'm saying you but i'm i know that's that's, that's basically what he's telling you yes is that some bullshit yeah there's a also a very contentious thing going on where people are are mad at steam for the two hour time limit because there are definitely some games that are on steam that can be beaten in less than two hours and uh so you can beat the game and then return it and get your money back mm-hmm. and uh there, there's some indie developers that are not very happy with that yeah i can imagine not they think it should be a percentage of the game but a percentage of an hour and a half long game could be like 15 minutes <laughs> yeah dlc quest anyone yeah you can beat that in under two hours yeah at, at least the main can. game all right got one more and i think this was really cool um, i think this one is all you bud so yeah i just put this up uh while i was waiting for dan to pop in so i don't like world of warcraft i've said that before in the podcast i don't like the way the game plays it doesn't matter the point is for this blizzard did something super cool i feel like the breast cancer awareness stuff that blizzard does every year it's just fantastic. Uh, like last year, nearly 3,000 people showed up for the running of the gnomes, which is basically a bunch of gnomes with pink hair go for like a marathon run, uh, kind of like um, the Susan G. Komen for the Cure marathons that happen every year. So they raised, however, the cool part is that they raised $6,600 for breast cancer research and vaccine testing. So this year, they're going to switch up a little bit. They're actually altering the makeover. They're just completely giving a makeover to the running of the gnomes with the area. They'll provide an actual starting line, cheering crowds along the path of the run so players can, uh, the phrasing was in the the article that I read, keep up morale on the lengthy run, and the players will be run through a series of gates along the route, finishing in Booty Bay. And I'm, I'm just hoping they'll raise more money this year because I think it's a really good cause, and I think that people generally donating on a you're running a marathon in a freaking virtual game and yeah. you're still getting money for the cancer research that's pretty cool i really hope that it involves running through stranglethorn Vale because that's where booty bay is and, uh, because you're going to booty bay yeah and i hope i hope it's not on a pvp server <laughs> i can't imagine that it would be i imagine that if even if it is pvp would be disabled for that point <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> i hope it's not on a pvp server because griefers suck I, I'm. I don't know if it's on a specific server. Like, I wonder if it's just on any server and anyone can do it on whatever server you're playing on. Who knows? Maybe. I think it's in- instance though, because I remember Maybe. reading it in the article. Anyway, I do remember we have one more bit of cleanup f- from way back in our Secret of Mana episode. Oh. We completely forgot to mention two things. One, yes. the kick-ass music, and two, yes. Santa Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus is technically a boss in the game. He's he's a hidden boss. He That's sure kind is. Of funny. I didn't see him, but we got we got popped for that by uh, yeah. Drew of Hops and Heroes fan. Yeah, he's an optional boss. Drew's an optional boss. No, I'm pretty sure Santa is an optional boss. Like you can actually get through the game without. I didn't see him, so I I guess he is an optional boss because I got to pretty close to the end. I think I think there's only like six bosses left after where I rage quit. That's that's what <laughs> no. I was reading. I think there's about a dozen left from where you rage quit. I don't know. Then, then their website is wrong. Yeah, maybe. But Secret of Mana website's wrong then. Anyway, the music in Secret of Mana, though, is super kick-ass. While well, Dan yes. yawns his way into an early grave. Yes, always. <laughs> All right. Main topic? We can hit the main topic. Okay. Yes. So, 
let me open this up by kind of framing the conversation. So we're going to talk about DLC and microtransactions, but I want to talk about them kind of in a certain context. Okay. So the context that I want to talk to these about is basically how, from the kind of the developer's point of view, in a way, sure, versus the fan's point of view. Um, totally makes sense. So when a game is released and goes out into the wild, developers basically have two options when it comes to continued support for that game. Because theoretically, the profits from that game should be used to make the next game. Like that's that is the dream, right? Yes. The dream is your profits go to go to start your next game. So to be able to continue to support the first game, you have two options. You can either make DLC and sell DLC, or you can have microtransactions of some variety that'll pay for your game, whether it's cosmetic, whether it's functional. Those are your options to continue development of your game with anything other than like a skeleton crew. Because <laughs> that's normally what happens. Your game releases, you might have a programmer doing bug fixes. Mm -hmm. And then if you're just doing like little, little tiny content updates, you might have an artist or two helping out. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, all hands are on deck on the next game at that point, as soon as yeah, that yeah. game's released. You, you've got a developer, a quality assurance guy and maybe an artist if you're making new stuff. That's yep. it. Okay. So, with that in mind, DLC has kind of gotten a little bit of a bad rep lately mm -hmm. just because especially with season passes, which we'll talk to talk about in a minute, but like I want to talk about the precursor to DLC, which is what I think spiritually DLC is supposed to be but it ends up not being because it's broken down into smaller and smaller and smaller chunks. Yeah, is I can see it that way. I thought logic. Ex expansion packs. Yeah. Used to be back in the day, you could go into a store and buy an expansion pack. Mm -hmm. Like Quake. That was one of the first games I remember that had expansion packs because it had two of them and they had really crazy, crazy soundtracks. Yeah. Uh, there was also... Obviously, Morrowind, there was Oblivion. Yeah. Both had super huge expansion packs. Oblivion had DLC. But it had expansion packs, too. Because I remember specifically them marketing them as expansion packs, not just DLC. Because they had right. DLC. Yes. The, the microtransaction... Fucking horse armor. Uh, it, but it had DLC, like DLC expansion packs as well. Yeah. They called them DLC because you were able to download them. But yeah. they were flat marketed as expansion packs. Like the, the three huge quest packs. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I, in the research I was kind of doing today um, that Bethesda was the one that coined the term downloadable content. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, with Oblivion. So that's kind of kind of funny. But yeah, Morrowind had two very huge expansions, uh, Tribunal and Blood Moon. They were really I good. I swear it was three. I'm pretty sure it's only two. And they were like $40 a piece. <laughs> and... Probably the worst offender when it comes to expansion packs was the the Sims. Oh yes, uh, Train Simulator. Well, train Train <laughs> Simulator the, has tons of DLC but, with all weird trains and stuff. But yeah. no, the Sims has <laughs> like four hundred thousand expansions. I, I'm I'm losing my shit over here because uh, I remember reading a a 4chan thread saying person to comment with uh, like double zeros or something like that will name what thing I'm going to buy with all the expansion packs. 
and Train Simulator was labeled. Guess how much it cost? Like $1,700? Over 8000 Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, kind of insane. So yes, what prompted the shift to DLC was, I think, a lot of wanting to get more money for, I hesitate to say for less effort, but more for less, really. They want to get more money and put less, a little bit less out there. So each one comes out as a smaller, bite-sized DLC pack, as opposed to these giant, huge expansion packs you get for 50, 60 bucks. Oh, that is fucking awesome. Okay. So on on the shits and giggles front, I just went and looked up Train Simulator. Mm -hmm. So base standard edition for Train Simulator 2017 is $39.99. Yes. All of the DLC of which mm -hmm. I'm still scrolling down. Hold on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there are th more than 350 DLC for this game. I'm not surprised. And the total cost of all DLC for Train Simulator is $6,346.36 on top of a $40 game. Okay, I was, I was off. <laughs> but not by much. Yeah, not really by, not that much. Not by much. Very part. All right. So like you were saying earlier, the really what happened around the Xbox 360 era for consoles, Xbox 360, P PS3, yeah. DLC didn't really take off until that point because that's exactly where Oblivion started it. Because it yeah. was on Xbox PS3. Well, so the what I've been able to find, the first game that is pretty much recognized as being the first game, first known game to have DLC mm -hmm. is an RTS called Total Annihilation. I love Total Annihilation. And they had a weird thing that they did in starting in 1997 mm -hmm. where they added one new unit to the game every month and you could hmm. log on their website and download the new unit and boom there was a new unit in your rts game that you know some some faction had i don't i don't know much about it total annihilation it didn't matter um, which faction yeah okay even better uh then they also started adding new missions and new scenarios into the mix of this free downloadable content that they were giving away. Mm -hmm. But they also interestingly released two expansion packs in 1998 which had hundreds of missions and dozens of new units which is kind of funny. But, but it's still nice to see that they were actually just giving them away for free as opposed to paying yeah. them. Yeah, I mean because then there's horse armor. Yeah, horse armor is the the classic if you want to make fun of how stupid DLC can get, it was literally a visual customization of your horse in Oblivion, and it was fugly, and it made people just literally stop and laugh at Bethesda. But the funny part is that nowadays, people pay to open boxes that contain all of these cosmetic packs. Yep. Yeah. But the, but the difference is... At the time that Horse Armor was released by Bethesda, modders were making better customization for your horses in Oblivion yes. for yes. free. Like yep. <laughs> the body community did a better job for free than something you I think that was I can't remember if it was $2.99 or $3.99 for the horse armor. It was something really stupid. Like, yeah, wait, one modifies my horse with one set of armor. 
for three bucks kiss my ass like <laughs> well, the, well the funny part is that the people who were most angry about it was the people who were playing on consoles because they didn't have access to all the mods that were on pc they were so mad because you gave me this when i could go out and have this I, and frankly i understand that particular annoyance but there's also like rock band a guitar hero who gave away not only expansion packs of set lists but also just tracks they didn't give them away yeah. obviously they had to buy them but because the, there's um like the the aerosmith edition of uh guitar hero and uh rock bands like six or seven track lists per expansion pack stuff like that it was interesting i i, I liked the idea of it I, I remember playing rock band with a bunch of buddies down in florida when i was still living there god this was years ago and we would I, we would buy the dlc packs too yeah i know one of my friends here uh in atlanta it, they're huge huge rock band and guitar hero f fanatics and they have spent both on their 360 and their xbox one have spent hundreds of dollars on songs for guitar hero and rock band to be honest with you that that doesn't surprise me like i'm not i'm not yeah. i wouldn't even be mad at that point like you've gotten that much gameplay out of the game it's oh yeah and it's fine. and it's regularly a you you go over to their place they just finally got it all set up again in their new house which is kind of funny so <laughs> we actually went over there a couple of weeks ago to play but they have a full i don't think it's yamaha i think it's a roland v drum set that they have wow. hooked up for to, for the drum so it's not just like it's a real electronic drum kit not the little one that comes with the how does that even thing it midi that's, okay because that sounds interesting like yeah. I'm, I'm i'm genuinely interested to see the setup if you get a chance i want to see some pictures yeah I, I don't know how it, exactly how it's hooked up but i know it runs like it's basically just it plugs into a little thing and that thing plugs into usb and that's cool that's cool she uses the midi triggers on the uh Huh. on the drums that's really neat yeah but like they're that crazy fanatic like i think he has the guitar that i was using for rock band was one that's actually made by fender <laughs> like it was a, a limited edition one they did that was like a literal fender stratocaster like <laughs> like wood body and everything <laughs> i was like what the hell why is that's this thing just buy an actual guitar i was like Keeping things so heavy. He's like, oh, because it's actually wood and it's made by Fender. And like, really? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, at that point, why not just buy an actual guitar though? It it was available. I don't know. Yes. Yes. He, he also has the like world's largest collection of guns. It's pretty funny. So at the end of this is also not just expansion packs, but specifically like season passes. And I feel like Fallout did this in a kind of weird yet effective way. I've seen a lot of flack that Fallout, that uh, Bethesda's taken over Fallout 4 and how yeah. they did their season passes. But I think they did it okay. I, like, I'm not... I was never mad about how the season pass thing wore down because they originally had their slated price of their season pass at $30, which gave you access to all the current game's current and future packs, how season passes work. Yeah. But, it ended up, but the, the season passes ended up totaling with six packs, Three of them were essentially high-end mod packs. They allowed you to yeah. get a bunch of new stuff in there. Well, but there were also three fully fleshed out story packs. Um, yeah, kind of. So Fallout 4 was a little weird. And I would even go to say that if we're comparing DLC and expansion packs, two of them were expansion packs and four of them were DLC. Okay. Like, okay. 
in in kind of in my my perspective, DLC is shorter. Like yeah, like that that's the difference. An expansion pack is like a big, huge overhaul. Like Morrowind is a great example of this because Tribunal added an entire like new continent, basically, like an entire big chunk of yeah. land that you could not access without that mod same with blood moon it was yeah. there was a whole new f- giant island to explore like like that is in my opinion an expansion pack so that would be far harbor and nuka world those are big new content chunks and then the dlc is like the contraptions workshop and the wasteland workshop just like oh here's here's more crap to f- piddle around in your settlement and avoid rescuing your son like <laughs> what was his name again? Sean. It was a joke. Oh. I know his name. I promise. Sean. No. Anyway. But yeah, so the season pass was really weird for them specifically because like they jacked the price up on everyone. Well, but that, that that's the thing though. While they did jack the price up, they still gave you those two extra weeks saying, We're going to raise the price to fifty dollars, but we will honor for the next two weeks the $30 price you will still get all the DLC that we're offering for that $30 price and we're not going to retcon the previous purchase DLCs I think they did that the right way they gave you the option to still purchase it for those two weeks yeah I like I get it but I think it was also a move done to artificially inflate the sale of their DLC like their season pass I can I can understand looking at it from that way, but I also think that they did it. But my perspective was that yes, yeah, this like is totally what they did. That it was it was fair to their players that it wasn't just like, hey, you're listening to us talk right now, and right now you missed your chance to buy the cheap DLC. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. you. Yeah, but, that's how I view it anyway. Oh, I, like I can I can definitely agree with that. Like they they did their players right with the decision they made. But at the same time, that's also jacking up the price to artificially inflate sales, yeah. and not just because of that post-sale price, but also because of those two weeks. They yeah, for those, sales. yeah, for those two weeks, people are going to jump on it and do whatever they can to try and buy it before the price goes up because they don't want to spend the extra money, which you know sounds really bad. Like the players don't want to spend the extra money, but like but I get it, time. I get it, and I don't get it because there's the there's the whole argument when it comes to DLC of how much of this shit belongs in the main game anyway like if i'm paying you 60 dollars for a game do i like what what do you owe me as far as future content like versus making me pay for it again with another 30 dollar season pass or you know in the case of fallout if you didn't buy the season pass you got a 25 dollars for far harbor five dollars for vault tech five dollars for contraptions twenty dollars for nuka world five dollars for wasteland workshop and ten dollars for automaton i will say that the worst offender for this was probably capcom for that for the dlc oh. problem i'll tell you why and that's because the street fighter when street fighter x came out the dlc was already on the disc yeah it was on there they made you pay money to unlock shit that was already in the fucking game yeah and then you're you're mentioning of how much of this should be in the main game is what hit me with that like oh my god i remember somebody fucking this up yeah the i've i remember hearing about the uh all of that stuff with capcom too and like that was that was particularly egregious it's just yeah and that's and that's the thing is like from the player's perspective 
and this really hit me with Call of Duty was like, right. at what point are you just gouging me for money because you can? And at what point are you providing me with value as a player and as a customer? And that's, yeah. it's a fine line to walk because we know that studios need money to keep the doors open and keep people employed. And as a gamer, I want the studios that I like to have money and to keep your doors open and keep people employed. At the same time, I have limited resources. I can only afford so many games. And a lot of times for me personally, if it comes to paying $60 for one game and getting you know, all of the enjoyment out of that one game or waiting and getting three games for $60 because they're all on sale and it's, you know, months and months after release. Like a lot of times I wait because I want to play more games and that is the only way I'm going to get to play more games. Because if I waited, if I, if I spent $60, I would only play a third of the games that I get to play at most, like, yeah. which is I'm totally understandable. Yeah, and, and it, it is a conundrum because it's like how do like I want to recognize the the people and the developers that make the games that I really like and I want to support them as much as I can. But and but how do I do that while also getting what I need? Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's not just being a cheapskate, it's like it's that's what I can afford. Like yes. I, I can afford a twenty dollar game every month. I sure. cannot afford a sixty dollar game every month. And no. Unfortunately, that is a reality for a lot of players. And, mm -hmm. you know, what do you do? Like, I mean, you do what you can, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and at the same time, you're still giving them money for the hard work that they put in there. Granted, yeah. yes, it is less money than the original retail price, but they are the ones who lowered the price in the first place. Yeah. They're well, the ones who did this. They, they still get their money. Maybe not as much of it, but they're still making money on the game. Yeah. That's how apparently apparently there's some weird shenanigans that can go on sometimes where Steam can put you in a flash sale and like you only get but so much say so in it. Like that's wow, my understanding okay. of it is like some of those big front page sales are more Steam and less the actual developer. So I, I wonder how much the Call of Duty guys are paying them to not lower the prices on their games. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know how much of that that, that's just rumors that I've heard that basically you don't get very much control over them throw, slapping a big sale price on you. Who knows? But yeah. So, okay. We got kind of two questions. Uh, the first one I want to do is, are season passes worth it? And the reason I ask this is because most of the time, the way they're positioned is here, give us 30 bucks and sometime in the future, we will give you all of the downloadable content for this game. We don't know what it's going to be yet, or we're not going to tell you what it's going to be yet. But sight unseen, hand me $30, and I will give you all of the DLC for this game that you just purchased. It depends. It depends on the company and whether or not you know and trust them. For example, from software, who... Mm -hmm if you are not familiar, are the folks who made Demon's Souls, the Dark Souls series, and Bloodborne. Okay. I would trust them to bring out a quality product within a reasonable amount of time. And, that, and by that, I mean, say you're getting three DLCs, you'll probably get them within a year and a half because of the uptime that you're going to need to get all of the items in question, as well as you know all the development time it takes, stuff like that. 
I trust them to do that because I haven't been burned by them since I first started playing Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, and Dark Souls 3. Those have been coming out with DLC as well as the season passes without issue. So okay. if you can trust a company the way I trust from software, yes. If you don't know that company, if you haven't seen any of their stuff, if you don't know how their, how their DLC comes out, probably pump the brakes a little bit, you know? Yeah. That's my I opinion. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same ballpark, I think, where it's kind of a matter of it depends on the studio. Like that, it was yeah. it was definitely the season passes thing is what drove me away from Call of Duty. Like that was the the last <laughs> the last straw for me. It was like, okay, yes, these season passes are optional unless you have friends that you play Call of Duty with, yep. because as soon as they have any DLC maps you basically cannot play with them anymore because you can't play on the same maps that they can. So you're, so you have to buy the DLC to keep up with your friends. Yes. There is a small caveat in that with uh, say, I know you're saying call of duty, but battlefield is the only one I've experienced with since my friends uh, yeah. on the FIFA squad play battlefield as well. Um, you can still play vanilla maps with them, but Correct. you can't play the maps that they can play on if they buy the expansion packs right. and now, they want to play the expansion packs because you know, absolutely now they're, I will say, they're the newer, cooler maps. Yeah. I will say what EA does, I think pretty well is that for 30 bucks a year, you can get EA access, which will after a while, similar to the model that Hulu does, they give you the stuff for free, not for free, but for the $30 subscription, right. they give you the stuff. Like I've got, hosts of games that I would never have never bought otherwise on EA access for free. But do you lose them if you stop paying? Probably. I honestly, I haven't, I haven't looked into it, but I imagine that is the case. Yes. Which is still, I think paying that extra money and that's per year, not per month, mind you 30 bucks a year where I can play last year's games because they come out on like kind of a similar release schedule to like a DVD release of, or the Netflix release of say the last season of Archer just right. came out a month before the new Archer season came out. That's how they do it. But within a month of when the next game is coming out is when they'll release the previous year's game. Right. I think it's a pretty fair deal. Like for 30 bucks a year, I can go play FIFA 17 for Peanuts. For right. that 30 bucks a year, I can go play Madden 17. I can go play Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare. They have a literal fuck ton of games that they published and throw onto that EA Access. Yeah. The only problem is that it doesn't cross-platform because you have to pay for Origin Access or EA Access on depending on what console you have. That sucks. Yeah. And Origin is terrible. Yes. All right. So I think we're both kind of of the opinion, it seems. It's like it really just depends on the developer and the yep. game and how it's handled. And kind of once you're burned, is for you, is there any way someone can earn your trust back with the season pass if they've burned you before? It's going to take a lot. I've never been burned by a season pass, though. Okay. Because I, I buy them so sparingly that I've never been burned by one. So, But generally, once a company loses my respect and dollars, they're not going to get them back. Like the, that's, that's not a thing that they can do, honestly. I, do, I don't really... I vote with my wallet. And if mm-hmm. they've done something to screw me, I'm going to not pay them. That's my opinion, anyway. What about you? Is if someone burns you with the DLC season pass type thing, are you going to go back? What will it take to get you back? I don't know. Like, I th- almost border on 
Bethesda burned me out on their DLC pack, like with okay. with uh, Fallout Four. Okay, that's because, a response well, to what happened. And and the thing that I think it is is that it took so long for a lot of that DLC to come back that I had already moved on. Like so yep. that D- that Same DLC, here. like I haven't touched Far Harbor and I haven't touched uh, Nuka World. World, which are the two I big mean. ones that you want to me- really want to mess with. And like, I keep meaning to go back and play it, but I just haven't really had time. I'm the same way. Yeah. So it's like, at that point, I might as well just wait for the next one and just be like, okay, cool. I'm not going to jump on a $60 season pass next time because that's probably what it's going to end up being. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I just went and checked the season pass for Call of Duty Infinite Warfare is $50. I'm Um, surprised. They only have two bits of DLC out right now, and it looks maybe, I don't know. It's, it, I'm, I'm guessing it's new multiplayer maps only. It's I don't know. It looks like just voiceovers right now. I I can't tell. It's I'm not gonna pay fifty dollars for fucking voiceovers. Yeah, there's three voiceovers. I don't I don't know, but anyway, yeah. But so like theoretically, the next big Bethesda game that's going to come out is going to be Elder Scrolls Six. They won't say what they're working on, but it's going to be Elder Scrolls Six, probably, unless they do something really crazy, like Fallout Van Buren, (laughs) (laughs) which was supposed to the the if you're not familiar, it was the uh, code name that they were using to work on Fallout Three. Yeah, it was the the code name at uh, Interplay for Fallout Three, the original Fallout Three, the isometric Fallout Three, not the one that in the same style as Fallout One and Two. Yeah, so probably when Elder Scrolls Six comes out, I probably will not buy the fifty dollars DLC because I can't imagine them putting it at thirty dollars anymore. They're not going to do it. It's going to double the price of the game, and at that point in time, like I'll just wait, and I'll Mm -hmm. buy it. I'll buy the DLC when it comes out. When it's you know a year later, when it hits a Steam sale and it's two ninety nine, I'll buy the DLC. So the cool thing about that is, is that with not buying the season pass. You're not locked into getting DLC that you don't want. Like, for example, Far Harbor and Nuka World, people probably wanted those. They wanted to see the new huge expansion packs. They didn't give a single shit. At least I'm I'm theorizing because this is how I feel. They didn't give a single shit about, um, say, whatever the fuck these four other packs were that give you a bunch of shit to basically shut the fucking Preston up. The Wasteland. Yeah customization pack or whatever the crap is called all, all four of them were wasteland customization packs let's not mince words here i wanted the two that gave me story i don't care about the other four okay right that's how i'm going with this and i i feel like i was locked into and I, even though they did that 30 dollars thing that i think was really cool i still felt like i was locked into a price and to a dlc that i don't want yeah i feel you i definitely feel you I'm I'm very hesitant to buy DLC at this point in time. Absolutely. Unless a lot of the times like so a good example for this right now is Witcher 3. Uh I've been holding off on Witcher 3 because I didn't want to enjoy Witcher 3 and then have to go buy all the DLC for it. So because it is something that you should yeah. buy. Wait wait for the game of the year edition and yes. then wait for the wait game for of the year to edition to, to drop in. That's price. right. You're damn right. Like I again, like I love CD Red, at CD yep. Project Red, and I I want to play Witcher Three because I've heard nothing but amazing things about it. But yeah. at the same time, I I can't pay full price for the game. Like I can't justify it. Yeah. 
because full price for the game is not just the $60 game. It's also the extra however much dollars it is for the uh, two or three expansion packs that you're going to have to purchase because as far as I'm, I, I can tell, they really do a lot more to flesh out the story. Yeah. it's. I, I haven't played them myself. I, I It didn't grab me as much as other games have. Yeah, I, I've heard nothing but amazing things, but it just was not my cup of tea. Yeah, Game of the Year edition for Witcher 3 is $50 right now. Mm-hmm. Which has everything in it, which means yeah. that probably around this time next year, it'll be on a spring oh. sale. Yeah, the next next Steam sale, which actually should be, the summer sale Maybe should be soon. coming up soon. Yeah. It'll probably drop to 25 Probably. And you could probably pick it up then without too much of a big deal. Yeah. All right. We will see. All right. We'll so... Be- Next question would be, where do we see DLC and expansions fitting into the future of games? Like, if we sit sitting here, you know, put on our Nostradamus hat and and take a look out the window, and where do you see DLC and expansions in like five years? I do think you think so. do you think they'll still exist? Uh, not expansion packs per se. I think DLC, small DLC packs will exist or they'll just go directly to a microtransaction model. Okay. That's you don't opinion. you don't think season passes you you think season passes will reach a saturation point or do you think they'll Absolutely. implode or do you think they'll just keep getting more and more expensive? Yes, to all those things frankly. I think they'll get to a point where it has gotten so expensive to buy a season pass cuz it's literally at that point it'll be literally doubling the price of a game. For... It already is almost. Absolutely. And I think it'll get to that point where everyone is offering season passes and you're just like, no, fuck all that. We're done. Either that or it'll get to a point where the finished game is not going to be $60. You're still going to pay $60, but you're not going to get the finished game. You'll need to buy all of these season passes in order to do that. Yeah, there there are a few games that are guilty of that, which we can talk to in a little bit. Yeah. But first, what do you think? I don't know. I feel like for the next several years at least, in, until they find a better alternative, I think they're going to try and milk season passes for as much as they can. Absolutely. And I think EA has started to catch on to the microtransaction you know, pot of gold at the end of its rainbow. Like, oh, especially, with, especially with FIFA, which we can talk about in a little bit. Yeah, um, that that is their like. I'm pretty sure EA makes more money off of FIFA than like every other game they make. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me one bit because you're buying a lot of either cosmetic items or the coins to get the cosmetic items, or, or coins for players. Yeah, like for your for your online teams. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Like I feel like they're trying to find a better way but their version like the publisher's version of a better way and just involves making more money not necessarily providing a better value for the gamer or you know a better product for the gamer understandable and so i can totally see it going away and being replaced by something in the next five years or so yeah but i don't know what that's going to look like or if it's just everything's going to become basically free to play or you know you pay 30 bucks and then everything else costs money maybe um i don't know i'm i'm intrigued by the model that frontier uses for elite dangerous because that seems 
like the best blend of both worlds where you have your base game, you have your DLC that you purchase right now every couple of years, and then you have the little microtransactions that are purely cosmetic that are sprinkled throughout to just give you some options and, I mean, totally, completely unnecessary, but at the same time... Completely necessary because you want your ship to look different. Yeah, but not really because... Well, now it's a little more different because they have a new camera suite, so it's easier to yeah. take screenshots and get yeah. better screenshots so you can actually see your ship more often. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's like I can see something like that continuing to exist. Um, mm-hmm. And then kind of the you know bastard version of it would, unfortunately, to kick this company again, which I seriously don't want to do, but Cloud Imperium with Star Citizen where you're basically... You don't want to do this? Come on. No, because I'm... fun. It's not fun. It's it's annoying because it's like it it's not going to change, and I want it to change. Like I want this game to eventually come out because I think it could be could be really good if they can get their shit together. But until then, they're basically squeezing their player base for as much money as they can, as often as they can, and it's it's like you're rooting for Tom Brady right now. That's no, because <laughs> Tom Brady only deflates things. I, I get that, but it, it sounds Chiefs. like you're rooting for the fucking Patriots right now. That's what it sounds like to me. I don't know. I can't even root for the Patriots. Sports. No. I didn't even watch anyway. the Super Bowl this year because the Patriots were in it. So I didn't either. Right. Microtransactions? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't. We'll see what happens. I don't. I think they'll still be around in five years, but I feel like they will be in on the way out the door because a different system that will make publishers more money will be in place. Probably. Yeah. So anyway, microtransactions, this might be the different system. Yeah. This, this is the weird thing because basically a lot of the publishers say that microtransactions seem to be the way of the future and that they see, you know, in a few years that all games will be free to play and just be funded through microtransactions. And that's kind of gotten a bad reputation, especially when it comes to mobile games. Like free to play in mobile games has a really bad rep and free to play in competitive games has an incredibly bad rep because pay to win. 99% of the time, free to play plus competitive equals pay to win. And mm-hmm. yeah. But a kind of interesting factoid I found uh, was that in 2013, according to a study done of the iOS store and the Android stores, over 90% of all revenue generated on iOS and Android was made from free games and their microtransactions. And amusingly, I just, as I was kind of organizing some thoughts into the show notes earlier, I was just like, hmm, let me pull open iOS and look at the top grossing apps for iOS on my phone. Right. So of the top 10 apps making money on iOS right now, as of the 4th of May, the number one app is Clash Royale. Not a surprise. The number three app was Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. Also not a surprise. Which is actually has a really notorious reputation for being pay to win. Um, yep, not surprised. Number, number five somehow still candy crush saga that's genuinely impressive like i'm not even mad like i don't think i've played that game since like 2012 (laughs) i've never played it 
Never. Yeah. So number six is Game of War. Also Not has really. a notorious yeah. reputation for being pay to win. Pay to win. Yeah. Number seven was Clash of Clans, and number also eight to win. is Arnold Schwarzenegger Simulator Mobile Strike. <laughs> well, Game of War then would be the. Oh, what the hell's her name? <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. I ah, can't think of her name either. She, yeah, she's the wife of a baseball player. Annoying person with big tits simulator. How's that? Seems legit. Yeah, that's perfect. But so with World of Warcraft and these microtransactions, you can even have uh, change your character name. You can move yeah. your server. You can transfer your faction. Like you can sl- flip between Alliance and Horde. Yeah, for yep. money. There's yeah, World of Warcraft is interesting because they are a subscription-based game that also kind of has microtransactions. Yeah, um, but but it's for stuff that makes sense. It's not for a pay-to-win yeah. model. Yeah, uh, you can get pets and mounts from their store in the game, which is yeah. kind of fun. Stuff that makes sense. Yeah, and then yeah, it's basically just mechanical stuff. It's like if you want to switch servers, if you want to switch factions, if you want to switch yeah. races, if you want to switch gender you can do it too it's it's yeah like lots of just hey i want to redo this i want to i want to go over here and play with my friends like i don't know still unfortunately only two genders but eventually they'll get to other stuff there's also even blizzard even kind of pushes that further to allow you to even change your account name for a fee like yeah. for a ten dollar fee they'll allow you to do that yeah and also to kind of continue on the uh, blizzard road hearthstone mm-hmm. and in conjunction every collectible card game video game there is yeah has microtransactions in the form of booster packs where you pay what you can generate in-game currency to do it but most players have to pay money for booster packs to to do it and then interestingly hearthstone also has expansion packs like they have these scenario expansions that that you can purchase as well that are kind of interesting but yeah that's just some weird examples of just uses of of microtransactions in a functional way that is not pay to win except for maybe the collectible card games because having more cards is definitely a way to win because you have more opportunities to build a better deck yep so there's also kind of cosmetic stuff like uh, clothing and skins here's a storm league of legends team fortress 2 with their fucking ridiculous amount of hats counter-strike global offensive and their loot boxes overwatch does this well i think because They, they allow you to purchase the skin boxes or, you know, the loot boxes, but not only with real money, but also in-game currency. And that's the thing with Counter-Strike, with CSGO. Like, I don't know if you can actually earn them in-game or you have to purchase them. I know you can get them, uh, and like, it's a very small percentage chance on a win that you can okay. get the box. I might be, I might be mixing that up with uh, Team Fortress 2, though. I don't, if, if I, I gotta don't do a little bit of next, next episode, we'll do that. Yeah, like I don't play CS:GO, so I, I'm not sure how I the how the reward, time. yeah, how the reward system works these days. Yeah. Um. So, so you have this battle going on between people who just do cosmetic stuff, like the skins in Hero of the Storm, the skins in League of Legends, the hats in Team Fortress Two, the weapon skins in Counter Strike, and skins in they do weapon skins in Overwatch or just people skins uh, the only way you can get a different skin for your weapon is by completing a ton of games in, co- in cooperative in competitive because you you get a secondary in-game currency 
for completing and winning games in competitive that you can buy to in order to get a gold weapon skin for a certain character's gun. It's three thousand of these the, this currency a piece, so you can buy it for more than one character, but it takes a long time to grind up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's the and only way you can get it. You can't actually buy those. Like you okay, can't buy it. For cool. one. That's kind of cool. All right. So the flip side of this coin is are the functional things. And we, we talked about some of the weird functional things with like World of Warcraft, but then there's the kind that border on pay to win and get a lot of them get accused of being pay to win when you're when you're talking about unlocking actual gear and characters for games yeah. with with microtransactions. FIFA is one of the huge ones that I've heard gripes about because like vendors. Yeah, you can spend hundreds of dollars. I can't even remember. I'll have to see if I can find it. But I, I remember seeing an article at some point of like how much the best possible team in FIFA 2017 costs. And it was something like seven or $800. But I'll have to see if I can find that. And we'll throw that in the show notes. Another one that I, I just did is as like, I kind of did some some Google searching and found a couple of reddit threads that are like what are the worst pay to win games out there and star wars galaxy of heroes came out came up as one of them because you can unlock kind of loot crates that'll give you star wars heroes so like you know luke skywalker obi-wan like those kind of guys but there are elite level people that you can only get through purchased crates oof and like they are sometimes different versions of the people you can get for free and are mm. significantly better. And like, you'll just get raffle stomped if someone has these people. Yeah. So with FIFA 17, if you wanted to build the best ultimate team, it will cost you 508 great British pounds and 31 pence us dollars. That's $656 and 48 cents. That is a ridiculous amount of money to spend on getting the best FIFA 17 ultimate team. You can eventually do that without paying to win, but mm-hmm. it takes a long time. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't um, know. Yeah. And then uh, another one that I heard was uh, what was the one that we talked about earlier? Dungeon Keeper. No, it was the Game of War. I think it was either Game yeah, of War yeah. or Clash of Clans. Like there was oh. at one point in time where the top players in that game were spending like hundreds of dollars a day on yeah, microtransactions. Totally. And it's just like, holy crap. How do you do that? I don't How do you let yourself get sucked in that far? Uh, you just have a shitload of money? Or I don't know if, you like, if you're streaming and making enough money streaming that you can afford to. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So another really bad offender was the uh, remake of Dungeon Keeper for mobile devices. It apparently... I was so mad when this came out. Uh, and there's a nice rant on... Uh, the escapist uh, <laughs> that someone did an editorial about. Nice. <laughs> he called nice. it, he called Dungeon Keeper a wallet reaper. <laughs> yeah, not a surprise. <laughs> and it, like basically said that you, you should avoid it at all costs and go buy this other game on Steam that basically is the exact same game, but better. Yep. It was uh, done by Jim Sterling, actually. Oh, that's cool. That's funny. Yeah. Good for him. Good yeah. for him. Uh, okay. And then, and then another one I'll list because. I still play this, and I know there are a few people that still do. Um, yeah, Pokemon Go definitely has functional pay to pay, win. pay stuff. Not really pay to win because you can't compete with other characters with it. So, but so they have things that you can purchase with microtransactions. Like you can, they have gold that you spend on items in their shop. Right, and there's two ways to get gold. You can either 
if you have a Pokemon in a gym, you you can collect every 24 hours gold and you get, I think, 10 gold for each Pokemon you have in a gym and you can have up to 10, I think. Okay. So you can make up to 100 gold a day doing this. Sure. Or you can purchase the gold for money. Fair enough. So you can either earn it, you can grind it out by fighting in gyms and being in gyms, or you can per- you can just buy it straight out. And the okay. stuff you spend gold on is like expanding your uh, the amount of Pokemon storage you have, expanding the amount of item storage you have. Those are the kind of two big ones. And then there's regular Pokeballs. There is uh, lures, which you put on stops to attract more Pokemon. Uh, there's incense, which you put on yourself to attract more Pokemon. Uh, there's lucky eggs, which double your experience for half an hour. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of and incubators, which you use to hatch eggs. Yeah. And so with, with more incubators, you can actually hatch more Pokemon. I think it's a, it's what up to three, up to you can nine, nine at the same time. Yeah. You can have nine incub. You can, you can have nine eggs in your possession and you can have an incubator on all of them. No shit. Yeah, you you get one free one that has unlimited uses, and any other incubator you buy has three uses. Okay. So they give you one for free, and then you uh, you pay have for the to rest. buy. Yeah, like a drug Hold dealer, on. you have to pay for the rest. <laughs> First one's free. Always. All right. So, question time. Do we like microtransactions? I, I thought about this for a long while when I read the comment or the question earlier. I don't hate them. I don't mm-hmm. really particularly care for them because of the pay to win model. Like yeah. if you can drop $50 in order to do the same task in a fraction of the time that I'm doing the task, yeah. I'm not going to be happy that that's an option. If there's yeah. like a, like a, a clash of clans that, that we mentioned before, there's a pay gate essentially that you have to get to. Because you is get the, rated and rated and rated and rated and rated. Is it the pay to not grind model? Essentially, yeah. Because yeah. you're going to grind. The problem with it is that no matter what you do, you're going to get rated. And once you get to a certain point, you can't progress further because you're going to be rated yeah. and have your resources gone. It sucks. And that's why yeah. I stopped playing because of that. I just can't get behind that kind of thing. I can't get behind the pay, pay to win model. It just isn't not fun for me. Apparently, that's what warframe ends up being so there's a there's a free-to-play third person shooter warframe it's a third person mmo and it's really good i've heard tons of people love it and i enjoyed it i've I've seen people play it and it looks really fun but basically their microtransactions like prevent a grind like you have to grind out a whole bunch of stuff or you can just you know give us three bucks and you can skip it (laughs) and that's that's where i think they've gotten a really bad rep from mobile games because mobile games will be like, Hey, you can wait five hours for this to finish building, or you can pay a dollar and you can do it right now. Yeah. And that's where I think microtransactions got a really bad rep and they, that's still used in a lot of games, which is really fucking annoying. It Um, is. So yeah, like I like microtransactions when they're done right. Like I think, League of Legends does a really good job with them. Sure. I would imagine Heroes of the Storm kind of does too. Like MOBAs seem to have this down really well where you can basically grind out and unlock characters through play. Yes. But if you but if you want to do a skin and you want to customize your look a little bit, that's when you start having to fork out money. And it's it's a vanity thing and it's a you know, 
it's not necessary to enjoy the game. It's just something you can do on top. And I actually heard a really great description of this when listening to a podcast about Elite Dangerous, which was basically the way I see it is I get to dress up my ship or, you know, my character. And in exchange, I'm buying the artist a cup of coffee. That makes sense. So I'm paying you four bucks. And in exchange, I get something cool for my ship. But And you get to go, you know, have a cup of coffee on me. That's fair. And it's like, that makes microtransactions not sound that bad, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, if, if you think about it in those terms where, you know, you're giving the dev money and, like, they get to go have a cup of coffee that day or they get to go out for lunch if you're buying something a little more expensive, like, yeah, that's cool. It's, it's that same thing, like, that kind of a thing where, you know, someone does something and you think to yourself, man, I want, I'd like to buy that dude a drink. If I ever met him, I would buy him a drink. Like, that's kind of the same thing, right? And now you can. Yeah. That may not be what they spend that money on, but, you know. Probably not. But at the same time, it gives you the opportunity to do so. Yeah. So we kind of talked about this a little bit. It's like, what, under what circumstances can microtransactions be acceptable? Like, what? Yeah. When? when do they, when do they become positive for you? Oh, when it's not pay to win, it's a model that allows me to unlock a certain item that I want now, now, now. For yeah. example, when I was playing Here's the Storm early on and the Butcher was first introduced, he had the really cool armored skin and a armored Kodo Beast type of mount. I, okay. and, they, and they offered it up in a pack that just like, hey, give us three bucks, we'll give you these. Okay, that seems reasonable to me. And I did. Yeah. I bought that, but I purchased those items. I don't play him anymore, but I still don't regret that purchase. Yeah. That's when I think it's it's done well. Like if I can just slap down money for a skin or something that I want, it's not going to give me anything really huge in the game. I'm not going to get a a skewed advantage from an, over another player. I'm fine with that. I, I'll, I will give you money on this game that you worked very hard on. Okay. Yeah, I can, I can definitely understand that. Yeah, I'm again. I hate to just be like, yeah, I I feel exactly the same. Um, like I think it can be done really well if it's mostly cosmetic. I think when you whenever you even remotely approach the, we're going to give you gear, we're going to give you a character that will give you an advantage over a player who doesn't have that character, like then you're asking for problems. The only time that that feels even remotely acceptable is booster packs for collectible card games. Because those are at least pseudo random, and sure. like, and I feel like that would not be acceptable if it were anything other than a collectible card game. Because because that culture is already there. Like it is just yeah. it's literally transferring a medium. It's if you wanted to play this card game in real life, you have to go buy these booster packs. You can't you can't craft a new card out of arcane dust that you get from disenchanting your, the cards that you don't like. Like you can't do that in real life. Right. Thanks hearthstone. <laughs> like that's, that's only a hearthstone thing. <laughs> Imagine if you could, Imagine if you could just be like, I don't want these 10 cards. Let me mail these back to wizards of the coast. And you send me this other card that I want. Yeah. Here's, here's 16 common lands. Give me a black Lotus, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's here's three thousand and fifty swamps. <laughs> Give me my black lotus. Yes. 
it would be fun to do that in real life but that's clearly not a business model that they can actually do especially when you consider the black lotus is so expensive here's my wheelbarrow of cards give me my black lotus yes Uh, all right so a lot of i I mentioned this earlier where a lot of big executives are saying that they feel like the future of gaming is in free-to-play games with microtransactions god i hope not how do you feel about that? Like, if that, I think I just gave everything away right now. <laughs> like, in some ways, I I don't think it would be terrible. Like, if it's handled, respond. Well, League of Legends is a free to play game with microtransactions, oh. and I fucking love it, and I play it so is all the time. So is Pokemon Go. I play that shit all the time. Like, I I have zero problem with it. It's just. <sighs> It has to be done well. Like, that's the only thing. And I don't necessarily trust publishers to do it well. Yeah. Because they're going to force developers to try and maximize profit. And and it's going to be at the cost of gameplay a lot of times. And I think that's... That's right. Yeah. Okay. I guess we should have mentioned For Honor also because they. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I, we <laughs> we talked about this in a previous episode. That whole giant shitstorm with. I just thought yeah. about that, like, oh man, we should have talked oh, about man. For Honor because they got really hammered for just screwing people over cosmetic stuff, like for hundreds and hundreds of dollars, like seven hundred and seventy dollars. I, I want to say was the uh, how much it would cost to unlock everything in the game, something really ridiculous like that. I don't yeah. remember how much it was, but. Uh, the For Honor director responded to the microtransaction criticism. You're not supposed to buy everything, yeah. was, his, was his response. Apparently, a Redditor came, recently made headlines with calculating the cost of all the unlockables in For Honor and coming up with a figure more than $700 or the in-game currency amount that would take a casual player more than two years to yep. unlock. I wrote a blog post about this, guys. You should go read it. Absolutely. Dan posts blogs every Friday. You really should read them. They're good stuff. Yeah, It fluctuates on what time it is that they get posted up. Like tomorrow, it'll be a little later in the day because I haven't. But it'll still get posted on Friday. Yes. So check after work. Take a look. It's good stuff. Seriously. I'll, po- I'll post on Twitter and Facebook when it's out. So you can check there. And I'll retweet it. Yay. Okay. In light of that, what do you feel is better? What's the better option for people like us, for the gamers? Do you feel microtransactions, DLC, season passes? What do you feel is the best bang for our buck? I feel like my answer is going to be a total cop-out. I understand entirely. Mine probably will be too. Because I think it's both. I agree. I think it is something akin to what Frontier is doing, where they have, and to a lesser extent... Games like World of Warcraft have been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. If if you kind of abuse things a little bit and consider subscriptions as a microtransaction, right? Like just it's a, a monthly recurring microtransaction, essentially. And then they have their sixty dollars expansions. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that the microtransactions give the developer enough money to make these big, awesome expansions that we want like we want the big awesome expansions like that is the best thing for gamers is big awesome expansions big awesome regular expansions that let you play a game for years because that's pretty much 
some sometimes we want to bounce from game to game, but sometimes we have a game that we just fall in love with and you want to be able to play it for years and you want it to be supported for years. And it's very rare that that happens. The only, <laughs> the only way it's going to happen is if the developer is receiving some kind of income and can justify the people and the hours. Absolutely. And I think using microtransactions to fund expansions is not a terrible thing. Again, if it's done fucking responsibly and it's not done pay to win. Don't tick us over, please. Yeah. But I feel like the best option for gamers is the expansions, like up front. Just tell us what they are. Don't dick us around with a season pass where you're just like here spend thirty dollars and we'll give you all of our dlc and it's like well what's your dlc gonna be horse armor fuck you <laughs> like <laughs> fuck you yeah exactly it's just like yeah it it i think that's the big thing is that i think especially publishers seem like they're at fault with this but sometimes it's dev you know Developers can lose sight of this too. It's just like treat your players right. Like if you treat, if you keep your players' best interest in mind when you're figuring out how you're going to divvy this stuff up and how you're going to do the microtransactions, like that's what's going to be best. And here's the thing, and this hasn't happened yet, and it's going to be interesting if it ever does. If someone can figure out how to make a microtransaction fun, people are screwed. Because if someone, if someone can do this and make it fun. It just seems like it's it's going to just blow the door off of everything. Like if it's if it's, and I don't know how that's that's going to happen. Like, but that's the thing. It's because no, it's never fun to pay someone money. Like, instead of hide your kids, hide your wife. Just hide your fucking wallet. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I don't know. Like, that just seems like where the future is. If they can, their goal is to reduce the friction as much as possible for you, tossing a couple bucks their way. Absolutely. And they just have to have to be upfront and honest and respect you and give you value for what you give them money for. Yep. So, I agree. But at the end of the day, I still feel like expansions seem like a better value and seem like they're a better option for gamers, like a, a sure. big content chunk as opposed to like little nickel and dime stuff. But we're just pondering. So that's that's what I'm pondering. How about you? What do you think? Dude, I you've said everything that I would have said. I know it's a cop out answer. I do, but I I agree with all of these things. I can't expand on this further because you've already done everything for it. <laughs> oh, sure. So what Dan said, I guess. <laughs> nice, nice. There, it, there has to be a happy medium. It doesn't necessarily have to be just microtransactions or just DLC or just expansion packs. You can do all of those things. Just don't feel like, don't make it feel like you're fucking me. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, don't make it feel like I'm getting screwed over. Yeah. If you make yeah. it feel like I'm, I'm getting value for my money, I will be happy. Yeah. And, and I can definitely agree with that because like I've said before, like that, that was the moment in call of duty it was like a new call of duty game was getting ready to come out and it was when they announced the new vip platform yep. thing so yep. it's like you get games with less griefers and it's like okay so you want to spend 60 dollars on the game and then 30 dollars on the season pass and then 
like 30 or 40 dollars for this new vip matchmaking system mm-hmm. yeah i'm done i'm out yeah, <laughs> like hard pass yeah i don't i don't know like that and that's that's again i feel like that's like they didn't like they thought they were giving people something they wanted and i don't think they like i don't think it was as respectful to their fans as it could have been like it was it just seemed like they were trying way too hard just to get another 40 bucks out of people that they weren't able to get last year mm-hmm. and it made me not even spend the 60 dollars. <laughs> the worst part my poor friend ryan will continue to buy them because of the zombie mode yeah he, he has said he doesn't like doing it but he wants to play the zombie mode and that's it they they gave him something that was valuable yep. for his money to get his money from him it, it's yeah. it sucks but that's just the case they've been talking for a while about spinning that off into its own game franchise but i don't know if they'll ever actually pull that trigger dude after the uh pretty honestly pretty amazing stuff that came out with i think it was black ops where it had like four different characters and actual like even bruce campbell made an appearance in it for mm-hmm. crying out loud as i don't think it was bruce campbell but it was as close an approximation of bruce campbell as you can get without actually saying hey here's fucking bruce campbell you can play him as a character in our game yeah uh i don't know i got, I got nothing else you got anything else no i think i think we've exhausted this one and we're both exhausted because it's late <laughs> it's past midnight i i should have been in bed two hours ago i'm sleepy yep however right. here comes our next episode it's another console retrospective this one was floated by dan the game gear i'm not super familiar with the game gear i've played it maybe once or twice but i'm looking forward yeah. to doing a retrospective on it because it'll give me more insight on what the game gear was yeah it was a sega's response to the nintendo game boy yeah yeah it sucked a lot more batteries but we'll get to that next next time oh yeah, yeah. like it just it ate batteries <laughs> and the next two games uh one for game corner and one for my fa- the, the favorite games are both mine they're both my yeah. choices yeah. we both really wanted to play the next one coming up it is a uh, don't die simulator in the yeah. vein of don't starve called the flame in the flood yeah, so far cool. yeah so far i'm enjoying okay. it but but we'll see how it goes after we continue to get farther in the game. Yeah. Um, there will be another. So there's a game quarter game. There will be another game corner game. And then this one, which we, we've already announced this one. So this is this is Paul's favorite game that will actually go out at the beginning of July ish. And it's Wolfenstein, the new order, I believe. Yes, it is the new order. It is not the old blood. That is the secondary game after the new order. Yeah. Uh, it, I hesitate to call it a sequel because it's basically an expansion of the original game, even though it's not. It's just basically it's, another it's game. Like, it's a prequel that's yeah. not. <laughs> it is, but I'm really, I'm super looking forward to you playing the new order. I can't wait to hear how you enjoy it because when I purchased it, so I, prior to building this giant, awesome, fantastic machine, I love you, uh, I, I had a previous model computer that I attempted to live stream Wolfenstein the New Order on. I did not get a chance to do that because it was too resource heavy. What I will do is live stream my playthrough of the New Order as well as record it for YouTube. We'll put nice. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to put that both on the loaded card account and my own personal account. Cool. Then I actually, I actually kind of feel obligated to go through and play uh, Secret of Mana and post it on the loaded card game. Sounds great. I might actually do that. 
Yeah. Uh, that seems like a use of time. <laughs> Something like that, right? Yes. All right. If you want to contact us, you if you want to email us specifically, you can do that at podcast at com. If you want to get in touch with me, it is at Paul Cluel on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with Dan, he runs two accounts, the at Loaded Cart Twitter, and now he is at Chop the Viking, where you can find all of his Twitch stuff that goes up, as well as any announcements that we have for blog posts. They're mostly Dan's. They're all Dan's. <laughs> I was going to say, they're, much they're, any, they're all mine, Paul. <laughs> and pretty much any of our episode announcements, you'll find them at the at Loaded Cart Twitter. I also retweet them, and so does he on his personal at, at Chop the Viking Twitter account. If you want to find us on any other social media, just check the show notes at loadedcartgaming.com. And if you love us, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much anything under the fucking sun because Dan finally did a lot of stuff. It really seriously helps us with people finding the show because we don't pay to advertise this. This is all word of mouth and it is the biggest thing you can do to help our show. Also, if you're feeling a little generous... Not only can you donate to the previous link that we talked about, the the uh, the gamers, oh fuck me, running sideways, the gamers <laughs> outreach program. You can go donate to that in the link in the show notes. And if you want to donate to us as well, you can head over to Patreon.com/LoaderCartGaming. All right, <laughs> that was the thing. <laughs> that, that sure was a thing. Uh, I'm not I'm not cutting that out because I think it's fucking funny. You got anything else? No, I'm I'm ready to go to bed. This this sure was a podcast, folks. Here's some smooth <laughs> jazz to play you out. Yes, I could hear that. <laughs> Fuck it, just drink the goddamn thing. <laughs> We're gonna fuck it up. We might as well fuck it up right, okay? <laughs> I'll drink too. Do you hear it, people? Only in the stinger. Okay. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> ah i'm a fucking professional i'm doing this shit this is amateur hour oh wait hold on (sighs) all right i'm good that'll that'll sound really good in the editing (sighs) i'm gonna fucking do this shit on saturday too